Good morning, Mill City Church. It's great to see you. My name's David. Uh, if you're new today, I'm so sorry. Uh, the normal preacher is tall, dark, and handsome. His name is Aaron, and he'll be back next week. He's one of my heroes. Uh, I deeply love Pastor Aaron. Not only is he a pastor to you, but uh, he's one of my overseers at Radiant Church, and I love him so much. Uh, Aaron and Jossie are dear friends of Renata and I. We met them 23 years ago. And uh, I'm, I just want you to know, uh, I'm grateful to you for letting him pastor me too. And so uh, I, I, I am so grateful for him. Also, um, I really love uh, Pastor Justin Steinhardt. Pastor Justin Steinhardt. Um, yeah. 15, 15 years ago this summer, uh, uh, Pastor Justin pioneered uh, 8,000 teenagers worshiping in three different locations across the country. He's an incredible leader. You guys have an incredible team. Will you give it up for the Mill City team? Can you give that up? It's incredible. Um, and Renata and I pastor in Kansas City, and it's our honor and our joy uh, to be friends. Your house is friends with our house. If you're ever in Kansas City, stop by, come see us. Um, not that you go there that much, but if you, if you ever decide to come to Kansas, we there. And so um, <laughs> we'd love to have you. And so uh, also, I have four children, 18, 17, 15, and 13, and my daughter Liv is with me. She's 17. Will you stand up real quick? This is my daughter Liv. And uh, excited for what God has. Uh, we're in a series in Ecclesiastes. And so this is week two. If you have your Bibles, let's go there. I want to read out of Ecclesiastes chapter two. And then uh, I'm going to pray here. Let's read it. It says this. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Say pleasure. pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, behold the, but behold, this all also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use of it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses. I planted vineyards for myself. I made uh, myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools with which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had possessions of herds and flocks more than any who had been before, in, before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and, my, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my toil. And this was my reward for all of my toil. And then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Father, we love you today. Father, I thank you for Mill City Church. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this house, this church that is a bright light in northern Colorado. And we do pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you would continue to use them, Lord, to help people come to know and follow you, to become more like Jesus, so that northern Colorado might behold, see a move of God 
We pray for it in this generation. May it not just be a theory. May it not just be written on a website or heard on YouTube. Let it be a reality, God. Let the prayer meetings be alive. Let the small groups make disciples. Lord, we pray that this house would be filled with proclaimers and preachers of the good news of the gospel in every kind of workforce all across the city. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, Lord God. We thank you for the young people. We thank you for Gen Z growing up here at Mill City, walking with you. Father, we ask, Lord Jesus, do a mighty work. We love you. We honor you. And all of Mill City said amen. Amen. All right, so we're talking about pleasure. And uh, when you live in Colorado, I think you get some pleasures of the planet that people in other places might not get. I think that one of the reasons why you live here is because there's so much pleasure around here. I mean, I think that you and I would know that this is the great playground. It's like God's playground. And so there are people here that uh, you can hike uh, 14ers and there's people here with fancy backpacks where it comes into your mouth. Most people don't use those. Most people don't have Jeeps where there's like a, a special little pipe that comes up at the top. Most people across the country aren't into Nalgene's as much as you are. Uh, most people across the country don't have that playground out around them to go on the weekends. I'm telling you, you have that beautiful space and it's beautiful. It's incredible. It's God's gift. I think that you have some incredible, incredible food. I know that you have other places that you would say, I think one of the great things that you have is In-N-Out Burger, which I did eat yesterday uh, as we pulled in uh, or flew in. And so um, I, I'm sure some of you would think that's, that's not that great. It is that great. It is that great. When you don't have it, it's incredible. It's amazing. And so anyway, double-double, uh, protein style, let's go. And so, um, but, but, but that would be a phenomenal pleasure that you have available to you. I think you have available to you game five of the Nuggets, winning and defeating Miami Heat tomorrow night. All throughout the Bible, you have where God calls his people up to the mountains. We know that God's city is in the mountains. And it's often the people living by the sea that are used as an example of people that God wants to... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't put that on YouTube. But anyway, uh, (laughs) there's certainly some great pleasure. I think that sports, for sure, there's a lot of... I mean, I read sports in the Bible. I read John bragging about being faster than Peter. I'm just saying, like... I read about wrestling, you know, I mean, I I think some of it's there. Um, Nonetheless, there are some of the things that are great. They're great pleasures. They're, They're awesome. And used correctly, they are great gifts for us to thank God, for us to praise God. Used correctly, those are things where they cause our hearts to swell and go, God, you are so good. God, thank you as you stand at the top of the mountain or drive, depending on, and, and say, wow, look at, you are the creator. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come? God, you're so good. As you sit with a feast and say, ooh, right people, right time, right table, right double-double. God, you are so good. Yeah, that's my aim. I like this amen from you, right? Those things that, that would be like, yes, okay, pleasure. Pleasure in itself, not bad. Pleasure incorrectly used. Where you take a good thing and turn it into a God thing. Where you say, I want this to be my God. Where I want this to be ultimate. Where you turn something that is a a fleeting pleasure, temporary, and you try to make it something that has eternal value and it cannot deliver. When you try to turn something that should not be worshipped, it should be received as a gift and you turn it into something more. And that is not just something that we have a tendency to do. This is one of the things that crushes our generation. We live in a culture with such an abundance of wealth. 
such an abundance of freedom so we can take what we have to go and get what we want that this pursuit of pleasure, the pleasure that the planet has to offer could, can be so misused that instead of it being something that we receive from God and as a gift and have great relationship with God, it is easy to turn it into the thing that becomes our God. It becomes the thing that we pursue. So A.W. Tozer wrote the book, The Pursuit of God. And many people will take the pursuit of pleasure and they'll say, I'll find pleasure in sports. I'll find pleasure in gluttony. I'll find pleasure in wealth. I'll find pleasure in fame. And the pursuit of that will destroy you. And so I want us to just look a little bit at Solomon because he breaks down some, a whole lot of things in these verses in, in Ecclesiastes 2. He, he talks about how he pursued them. He gave himself. And so he said, I'm going to go after these things. And I would say that each of these things, the pursuit of a pleasure that cannot deliver, it cannot satisfy eternally. Etern eternally. It, it could satisfy temporarily, but if you turn it into an ultimate thing, it will fail you. And so he, he says that of laughter. I read this quote this week in preparation for this, that Jim Carrey actually said this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. I just find it interesting our culture saying back to us, <laughs> a, little bit of, a little bit of, it doesn't, it, it can't deliver. And he says, I, I pursued laughter. I, I, I pursued uh, comedy, just levity. And he says, wine. He says, work. I built homes and gardens. and I looked at what I had built. Wealth. This is all in the text that we just read. Entertainment. Sex. Great fame. I became great. And you could take each one of those seven different things and you could say, I would say they're kind of like a, a pleasure balloon. It's kind of like, I'm going to put my hope in that. Maybe if I have fame, maybe if I have wealth, maybe if I pursue these things. And, it, and so it's like, I'm going to blow up, but they all pop. All of them pop. They don't have built in, inherent in them, what can ultimately deliver. It, 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 it's temporary. It is a fleeting pleasure. It is a temporary pleasure. So instead of taking the God who wants to give good gifts and say, I want you to have what you need. And I want you to be able to use and see and enjoy creation. I want, I want good things for you. We turn them into idols. We turn them in. The, the, the good father gives us good things and we take the good things and we try to make it our God. And it destroys us. We see it in our culture all the time because those things can't deliver. It's like this, if Renata says to me, David, go get groceries and I go to Home Depot, Home Depot can't deliver on groceries, <laughs> period. And we often go to things that cannot deliver. So Isaiah says this in Isaiah 55. He goes, why do you go and spend your money? Why do you go and spend what you have on what can't produce what you're looking for? Jesus says this in John 4. When the woman who, is, who is, had had five husbands, and he says, listen, drink of me. I'm, I'm what lasts. I'm what satisfies. So I want to invite you today to think about, all right, let's look at Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 2. And I got a couple of visions for today. I want to go not just after your heart. That's easy. 
Most of you here have decided to follow Jesus. Most of you are, are you, you carry the vision of Mill City in your hearts. And I want to invite you not just about to think about yourself, but I want to invite you to think about the people that are in our culture that are pursuing the pleasures of the planet instead of the pleasure of knowing God. And I want us to take a few moments and we're going to actually have part of our practice where we write down some people that we're going to turn and pray for. And a part of our intercessory prayer life when we spend time with God is to pray for them. So here's Solomon. And I was thinking about a couple things. In, in some ways, as I read Solomon, it's almost, it's very difficult to relate because he had such, he had such wealth at a different time. So here's Solomon and 1 Kings 4.22 gives us a little bit of detail about, about what he had, about his wealth. One day's food supply for Solomon's household, his parties, he had big parties. It's, it's bigger than the party you're going to throw tomorrow night for game five and the victory. There it is. 185 bushels of, of fine flour, 375 bushels of meal, 10 grain-fed cattle. This is for one party, one day. 20 range cattle, 100 sheep. In addition, and miscellaneous deer, gazelles, roebucks, which I think is like Starbucks, and <laughs> choice fowl. So he feeds Thousands of people a day in the pursuit of pleasure, big parties. And he gives himself to this party after party after party after party. Huge feasts. It makes your charcuterie board for tomorrow night look so small. <laughs> so in some sense, we go, wow, comparing ourselves to Solomon, difficult. Solomon took 14 years to build his house. Seven years to build the temple. So double it and you look at his house. So I don't know what your house is like, but mine's not that. So in, in some sense, we look at that and we go, wow, let's go, let's talk about women for a minute. 700 wives. <laughs> 300 concubines. This is a weird world, right? In many ways, can't relate, right? And in many ways you go, it's just a different world. And then I was thinking, let's go flip side. On the flip side, the dissatisfaction of Solomon where he said, I pursued all the pleasures of the planet. Just, and they all popped. So when I give myself to him, folly, vapor. But when you look at the conveniences that you and I have today, in some ways, the conveniences that the modern American has today are far greater than the kings of the past. Air conditioning. Amazon Prime, what's up now? You could have a jersey for the tomorrow night's game right now if you want to. Just Instacart, let's go. Dishwasher, whoo, that's nice. So instead of having all the, you know, the, the slaves that he had or the servants that he had, or even when you look at, I was, I was reading this and reading Bible commentaries that were talking about how he would like buy slaves that would produce the music. And I thought, we don't even... Need, we have Spotify. I don't want my, a band coming to my house. You know, like, like it's instant. And so then it's not just like buy the band. For us, it's just any band we want here, now, instant. I was just thinking international travel. I don't know that Solomon could identify with what you have available. The medical care, he never went on an airplane. He never did FaceTime. So the instant contact, seeing 
friends, family. And I, and I just wonder if some of the dissatisfaction that we read in Solomon could resonate in a generation of Americans that have so much and it can't deliver the satisfaction that only God delivers. When you read the end of Ecclesiastes, he concludes with this, fear God and follow his commands. And at the end of the day, the pursuit of all these things cannot satisfy, will not satisfy. And so all these wonderful things that we can experience and have that are gifts from God and that can open up for us to enjoy God. They can, they can used incorrectly become an idol, used correctly can, can help expand even our affection or even our, our gratitude towards God. And I think that this would be true of you and I, but not just us. I think that this is one of the things, if you talk about, it's the word hedonism, but if you look at the pleasures of the planet, pursuing pleasure instead of pursuing God, I think that you would look at the culture all around us and be able to verbalize this is what we see all around us. This is, I, I, I have, uh, because of social media, I'm able to engage with my friends from 30 years ago from high school. And I was thinking about some of the peers, some of my friends that in those years were pursuing popularity or fame, um, um, sexual immorality, just any kind of sexual pleasure that they desired or wanted. Back then, cars. So back then I would have said fame. I don't know that I would have said food. But I look now and it's 30 years later, they're not 16, they're 46. And it's different, but it's the same. And I look at them and it's just like the, uh, the pleasure of the planet balloon pop, pop. They can't deliver. And I just watch them. And almost, I mean, so, everyone's different. Some they are pursuing lots at one time. Some of them, I mean, it's almost like you'll just see going after that. That didn't work out. And going after that, that didn't work out. And you just see like a treadmill of the culture, just people. Maybe I'll find it in sex. Maybe I'll find it in faith. Maybe I'll find it in wealth. Maybe I'll just give myself to my work and I'll find it just like Solomon says, I'll just find it in building something. I'll give my, and I'll find pleasure in <laughs> applause. I'll find pleasure in something. It, it, it's, it's what our culture has. So here's a prayer that I started praying for my friends that I think are mostly hedonists. Wow, David, you're kind of mean. I'm not mean, I'm just, I'm just three decades of intercessory prayer getting desperate. I'm not mad. But, but, but my prayer's changed. Here's my new prayer for the hedonist friends that I have that have decided to pursue the pleasures of the planet instead of the pleasures of loving God. It's, so you know in the Luke 15 text, the prodigal son, where he goes, the younger son goes and lives and spends his wealth on the pleasures of the planet, basically. And he said, he's basically saying, I, I, want, I want the pleasure that the father gives me. I want his stuff. Give me your money. I just don't want the father, right? I just don't want you. And then he goes out to a far land and starts spending it. And there's this phrase where it says, when he came to his senses. So the moment where he came to his senses was actually his moment of misery. 
it was the moment where he was like, I'm eating the food that the pigs eat. I no longer have wealth. I've become a slave. So when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to eat? And here I am starving to death. I'll go back to my father and I'll say, hey, I've sinned against heaven against you. No longer will there be called a son. Make me a hired hand. That was the logic. And that's the logic to go back to the father's house. So you might think me cruel, but I think it wise. I've started to pray for the very people that I see that are pursuing the pleasure of the planet instead of the pleasure of God. Oh God, I pray that they would become miserable in sin. I pray that the pleasures of the planet would not satisfy them any longer. I pray, Lord, do whatever it takes that the pursuit of fame, the pursuit of wealth, the pursuit of the things of the planet would not satisfy and that they would come to their senses. This thing of pleasure. God's actually, um, he's not an enemy of pleasure. He doesn't want to suppress your pleasure. God, God, God created all these wonderful things for us. So don't think of Christianity as, I'm going to step out of pleasure. I, I was actually talking to a guy recently, and I was talking to him about following Jesus. And, and he said, oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 I, 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 I'm going I'm I'm to shape up. I'm going to straighten out my life. I'm going to do the right thing. And I, got, and I could just feel the, 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 the worldview, the way that he was talking about Christianity was, I got to shape up. I got to not do bad things. And it's, it's miserable, but I'm going to do it for God. You know, like grip my teeth and bear Christianity. And I, and I said, no, my friend, that is not it. It, 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 is, it is drinking from the well that satisfies far more than the broken cisterns of the planet. It's not taking the good gifts that God gives and turning them into idols. It's saying they cannot deliver. They are fleeting. They are temporary pleasures. They are real pleasures. And that's what we find here in, Proverbs, in, uh, in Ecclesiastes 2. Is he's saying, no, these are real. These are, these are real pleasures, but they're fleeting. At the end of the day, it's God. So don't think it's not, it's not pleasure. It is. God, God actually, he, he's not trying to st- stop your pleasure. I was out with my kids on Friday night. We were having dinner. We're sitting there and I'm, I'm making jokes and they're not laughing very much as much as I wanted my dad jokes to land. And then um, I'm dressed in a way that I noticed was not quite as, uh, I'm trying to figure out how they dress. Like it's hot in Kansas City. They wear uh, just, I don't know, they, they, they thrift. So they think it's cool. I think they look broke. And <laughs> So I said, uh, guys, then, then, then they're trying to convince me it's cool. So even when I offer some of my opinion about their attire, they correct me and say, it's not cool. So I said, when I'm with you, I feel like a fuddy-duddy. And my 15-year-old daughter said, what is a fuddy-duddy? And I said, that's my point right there. I can't, I can't even use the right language. And it's like, it's easy for them to think, oh, you know, like it's easy for us to think, I, no pleasure. God's not, he's not trying to stifle pleasure. He, 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 God actually created you with a desire for pleasure. Listen to Blaise Pascal. Now, this is a deep theological quote. I'm going to give you three deep theological quotes today because I am, I am preaching in Aaron Stern's church. And so this reminds me of the intellectually deep Aaron. And so I don't do this very often with my church. Um, you won't get some um, VeggieTales songs. That's what my church gets most of the time. But just kidding. That's a joke for Aaron when he watches this. All right. Um, Blaise Pascal said this, all men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to 
tend to this end. The cause of some going to war and of others avoiding it is the same desire in both attended with different views. Um, the will never takes the least step out of this object. This is the motive of every action of every man, even of those who hang themselves. So here's this idea. You're in pursuit of pleasure. You and I pursue pleasure. The issue is how do we pursue it? What does it look like? David says in Psalm 1611, you made known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So you and I, followers of Jesus, present tense, learning out of Ecclesiastes is this. Those pleasures of the planet make great gifts from God. They make terrible gods or idols. So every time we look at all the wonderful things that God has given, it causes us to worship and praise and use that thing as a platform to praise, not as an object that you choose to replace God. Oh, wow. God, I want to thank you. God, I'll give you glory and honor instead of turning it into the thing that you pursue. You pursue God and you let those things. When Paul says to young Timothy, he says this, in, but mark this, in the, in the last times, people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's easy to see in our culture today. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So God, you're the source of my pleasure. God, I love the real gifts that you bring. And then God's eternal pleasures are available to you and me. Listen to the way the writer of Hebrews says this. Because he talks about, he talks about the temporary, the fleeting pleasures of the planet. By faith, Moses, when he was when he grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. He had eternal pleasures in his mind. Listen. You and I know when we talk about pleasure, it is not to pretend like, like pleasures, there's not a buffet of pleasures available to us. We know that there is. You and I know that the pursuit of God surpasses the pleasure of the pursuit of those things. C.S. Lewis said it this way. It would seem that our Lord finds our, des- our, our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So that idea from C.S. Lewis is you're allowing temporary pleasures to satisfy too much. There's a greater pleasure, the pleasure of God. So uh, one more. I want you to read A.W. Tozer. He's my hero. Here we go. Oh, God. I have tasted thy goodness and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need for further grace. I'm ashamed of my lack of desire. Oh God, the triune God, I want to want thee. That's a great prayer. I want to want thee. I long to be filled with thy longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. So show me thy glory, I pray thee, so that, ooh, that sounds like Mill City, so that, (laughs) 
Thank you for that laughter right there. I appreciate that. So that I may know thee indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. So here's our practice for the week. I want to invite you to ask the question, which pleasureful pursuits have failed me in the past? Like if you were to be Solomon, which one would you say? Hmm, I tried the pursuit of sex and may, turned it into an idol. The, I tried hedonism in this way. Fame, maybe even work, where I took good things, made them ultimate things. They couldn't deliver. The balloon popped. And is it possible, here's the second question, that even today there's a pleasureful pursuit that I'm after that I've actually elevated higher than God? Is it possible that even present tense right now, this is not just something that was my past, but maybe there's something that I'm pursuing right now. Because where we want to be as we pursue God is that we are so grateful for the many different gifts, the many different, whether it's food or creation, whether relationships, all the things that we can turn into idols and where it becomes a platform to praise. Renata and I were driving recently and she out of nowhere just goes, wow, God keeps his promises. And I looked at her and I was like, I thought she was talking about me. I was like, so, what, are you, what are you talking about? She goes, look, a rainbow. And I was like, oh, yeah, great, right? Here's what I love about it. She looks at it and she, it's pointing her to God. Uh, pastor's event, a pastor uh, up early, sitting with friends. The sun starts to come up and he kind of scares the people around him because he jumps up and he looks at the sunrise and he goes, my God, he's done it again. <laughs> okay, what is that? It's a narrative that we're that pursuit of God and all of his gifts. A sunrise, a rainbow, easy to overlook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how many emails I have? Do you know, do you know what I have to get done in just iMessage alone today? Do you have any grid? How many documents I have to fill out? Do you have any clue? I don't, but instead, you're a creator, a feast, God, all the things, all the things, the pursuits that could become idols. No, they're platforms to praise, to say you're good, you're faithful, I'm, I'm in pursuit of you. I just want to tell you this last story as I close. Um, you all have been my friends in praying with me for my dad. And uh, so this morning, my dad is number one, alive. Um, number two, he's preaching in Indiana. Um, and so I called him this week. And, and number three, he's on my staff. He's our small groups pastor, um, which also my son Dawson's on my staff, which is really fun. Um, and, and so it's three generations. But anyway, I called him this week and I said, Dad, uh, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm driving to this speaking engagement in Indiana. And he was like, but pray for me because I have a 10 p.m. Zoom discipleship call. And I was like, oof, who, does, who do you disciple at 10 p.m.? Well, it's four hours. It's till 2 a.m. And I was like, dad, not many people do discipleship from 10 to 2. 
You know, like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm mentoring pastors in Pakistan. So here's, here's the journey. Sorry. December of 2020, dad's got COVID, ARDS, pulmonary embolism, 75. The doctor says, your lungs have uh, experienced a mortal wound. You will not recover. My dad's in the COVID unit. He's there for 21 days. Um, all of the hospital processes moving him towards comfort care. They're asking him to move towards comfort care. They told him that his family is living in denial and that he needs to accept it. He's living on a machine. And he's in that season of on his deathbed. And there's people around that are in a similar scenario and they're angry and they're yelling and they're mad and they're... And my dad is praying this prayer to God. He gave his life to Jesus when he was 14. He'd been in ministry since he was in his early 20s. Um, and he said, Jesus, if you want me to come be with you, I'm all in. My body's in pain. Been on this machine now for 20 some odd days. I can't live without the machine. In many ways, it'll be painful to remain here. Um, if you want me to stay, live on a machine. If somehow, if somehow that, sorry. Sorry, if that's what you want, I'll do it. Jesus, if it's time for me to come home, if, 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 it's, if it's just better to be with you than to remain on earth, I'm coming. Happy. Thanks for 75 great years. Please pray for my son, David. Oh, dear God, you know. Jesus, if you want to heal me, I'll give the years left to being with you and doing what you call me to do to make disciples. And here's what I loved about that prayer. I know it mirrors Paul's prayer in Philippians 1. Is it better to be with Christ? Better to be with you? I don't know. I'm torn. It's, it's better to be with Christ by far, but for, but for your sake, I'll continue. Right? But listen to that heart. That's, that's the, heart, the heart of a mature disciple. That's the heart of a disciple that isn't saying the pleasures of the planet is what I desire. And God is a God that wants to withhold pleasure from me. And so I'll, in, I'll endure God and really pursue the things that the world has. Deep in its root system is this. I have found my pleasure. Psalm 1611, eternal pleasures at your right hand forevermore. My pleasure is found in God. The pursuit of God is where I find pleasure. And I'm grateful for every gift. Every relationship, every meal, every hike, everything that you, I'm grateful for the gifts and the gifts, I use them as, as moments to praise and honor and thank God. But you are what satisfies. At your right hand are eternal pleasures forevermore. And God is the one where I find my pleasure. The pleasures of the planet pop. The pleasures of God last forever. Amen? Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? Jesus, as disciples, we ask, help us. We need you. Give us an eternal perspective of the pleasure of knowing and following you instead of the temporary pleasure of the planet that says, 
soak up all that you can now. You just ask the Holy Spirit, give you one idea. What's one way that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to apply this message today? Now will you just stand in the gap on behalf of one person you know? They, it's hard to use the word hedonism for them, but you know as you, as you watch, it's, it's taken root in them and you want them off the broken treadmill of hedonism and into real relationship with the God they were made to know and walk with. And would you be their friend for a moment? And would you pray for them? And would you pray that they would be miserable in sin, that the pleasures of the planet would loosen its grip, that God would break in, whatever it takes, miserable in leaving God out, miserable at being distant from the Father's house. And today, if you're online or in the room, and you say, I have tried the pleasures of fame, wealth, sexual pursuits, work, just giving my life to trying to make a name for myself even. And I just am done. I'm done with all that and I want Jesus. Jesus, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer if that's you and you wanna begin a journey as a follower of Jesus. Just as Pastor Aaron says almost every week, this is not the only thing that you say, but this is how you begin your journey as a follower of Jesus. Jesus, give you my life. I surrender. Make me a new person. Give me new life, eternal life. I give you everything. I love you. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen.